Hello, and welcome to Daily Disciples Podcast. My name is Tony Lee Adamson. Thank you for joining me today. Today, we're going to be discussing conversations with God, talking to God. We know that a conversation, though, should be two-way communication. So I talk to God, God listens, God talks to me, I listen. Often, I have found myself praying 911 prayers, like picking up the phone to dial 911. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, there's an emergency. Oh, God, please come and rescue me. Those are one-sided conversations. Even when we call 911, someone is listening and saying, where are you? Are you safe? What is your address? Tell me the situation, and this is what I want you to do. Well, when we call out to God in 911 prayers, I can't say that I hear God say those things to me. I can't say that I hear God say, take a deep breath, relax, where are you? I'll come find you or I'll come rescue you. So how do we know that God is listening? And how do we even know that those 911 prayers work? In my elementary school years, I would say I would call out to God during the times that my parents would be fighting. So they were young parents and they got married young. So as they grew up, they learned how to communicate better. But through the process of learning to communicate, you have to express yourself. And there's nothing wrong with having emotion and passion as you're expressing yourself. But those conversations sounded so big to someone so little like me at the time. And I couldn't evaluate because I was so young if those arguments would lead to kiss and makeup. So, and I didn't even understand those concepts of kiss and makeup. So what I would do is I would find myself in a closet somewhere trying to close my ears saying and praying to God, help me, help me in this situation. Please help them in this situation. God, rescue me. God, let this go away. Make this go away. Now, my conversations with God stopped when the situation or the dilemma stopped. So it wasn't like having a relationship with God. And it wasn't even like having a conversation with God. It was clearly a one-sided communication that I didn't even know if God answered. When you dial 911, you do expect a response and someone to come in an ambulance or a fire truck to help you. Well, in this situation, how does God help us? And we can say, wow, that was such a God thing. When we know that the Spirit of God all of a sudden intercepts earth and we go, wow, only God could have done that. But how can we have those kind of relation, that kind of relationship with God consistently? I have been a chaplain for many years. And even prior to being a chaplain, I was a nurse. I ended up in ICU. My medical training started when I was 14 years old in ROP. Uh, what I did was I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a nurse someday. So I took classes and had to take a state test to become a certified nurse's aide. And as a certified nurse's aide, I could get a job in a convalescent home or some sort of healthcare where I would take vital signs and, and be an assistant to a health professional. So it could be to a doctor or to a nurse who would be my immediate supervisor. And in that role, I did start a job in the convalescent homes, and then I ended up in the hospitals. After that, I went to a nursing school, and I got my Bachelor's of Science in Nursing and became a registered nurse. I worked in acute care units, and then I worked into ICU. I 
tended to take care of patients that had very serious health problems. And I did specialize in um, heart transplantation, uh, open heart surgeries, and very, very medically ill patients. So patients who were in the critical care unit, the intensive care unit, or the medical intensive care unit. And during that time, I had many opportunities to talk to patients who were in the hospital or admitted to the hospital. And some were like a broken leg or a broken arm, but then some were very, very severe problems. And I can tell you that there wasn't a patient that didn't stare at the ceiling and actually wonder if there was God on the other side and if they would walk out of that hospital or not. It is true that when you're in a hospital, you suddenly see life from a very different perspective as you are stripped from your clothes and and this really thin gown is put on you that tends to open up in the back. And then you're in sheets in a pillow that smell funny and you don't know who else had laid in those sheets before you. And then you're in a bed that's not that comfortable and you're dependent on people who are strangers who've been given to you as their patient. And you know that they work in a shift, so you might not see that person again. So the relationship with that healthcare professional is very spotty at the best. So me as a medical assistant, a nurse, and then a chaplain, I've had the opportunity of talking to many people who have been in a situation of just helplessness and many times hopelessness. And I would talk to people frequently while they were in the hospital and and ask them what they were thinking and what they were struggling with. And often the subject of the conversation of prayer would come up. Can God really hear me? Can God really heal me? If I talk to God now, and many patients felt that they were admitted to the hospital because they did something wrong and like God was trying to get their attention. So if I talk to God now, when I know I'm not really on good terms with him, and I don't feel like my behavior warrants the ability to even have a relationship with a holy God, then how do I even begin these conversations? And often, often, uh, people would be very humble and want to talk to me about it. There was only one man who really, really had a bad, pretty bad attitude. Um, I was a medical assistant helping in a patient's room, and this man had two below-the-knee amputations, and he was a war vet. And... um, It was like nothing I could do in that room was right. He would just complain, complain, complain to me about everything. And I finally just stopped and I I said to him, "Uh, are you okay? And he said, of course I'm not okay. I've had a hard life and I still have a hard life. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God a thing or two. And he started complaining to me about how God has handled his life. And I stopped real quickly and I looked at him and I said, God, you have a relationship with God? And he said, no, I don't have a relationship with God, but I have a thing or two to say to him. And I said to him, well, why would you want to spend heaven with God for eternity when you don't want to spend earth with God because you have so many problems? When we're in heaven, it's all about God's world. On this earth, you're making it all about your world and your life. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, did my daughters tell you to come in here and talk to me? (laughs) I thought that was such a funny response because obviously God uses people to have them poke us enough to get our attention to at least lift our eyes up to God or to at least learn to talk to him here on earth. But if we have a bad attitude and if we don't really 
search for God from a place of humility, we can't really expect to hear from God. There is a Bible verse that I like a lot. It's in Psalm 145, verse 18. And the verse says, The Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. And I, I like it that they say the Lord, because that makes God more personable. And that the Bible verse says that the Lord is near to everyone. Everyone. That means it does not matter what state of mind you're in or even what state of sin you think you're committing. If you are calling out to God sincerely for help, he is near to you. Well, how do we know he's near to us? How do we know? Just because this psalmist who wrote this says the Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. How do we know he's there? Like I said, when I called out to God in those 911 one-way conversations, I didn't know if God really heard me or if the circumstance just passed and then I just forgot about it until the next problem or dilemma came up. So to say that the Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help, what we're initially saying is, God, I am calling out to you for help and I am sincerely looking for you to help me. It reminds me of the situation in the Bible where nine leopards came to Jesus and they asked Jesus to be healed. Now, leprosy back then was something that kept you far away from your family and your friends. They uh, really felt that leprosy was contagious at that time. I did hear Dr. Paul Brand, who actually injected himself with the leprosy disease and did not get it, say that he did not feel that leprosy was contagious like that because he didn't get it when he injected himself with it. But uh, at the time in, of Jesus, people who had leprosy, it meant that their flesh was like eaten away. It was like they had an autoimmune disease almost that was destroying their skin. So you would see like this white, flaky, dead skin. And they, these leopards came to Jesus and asked for healing. Jesus did heal them all, but only one returned to say, thank you. What that tells me is that these nine people who came to Jesus gave that 911 prayer, that, that conversation with Jesus of Jesus, heal us. Jesus, help us. Jesus, rescue us. Jesus did, but only one returned to have a conversation of thanks to Jesus. The other eight just went on with their lives, a life that, life that they were very, very happy to have because they were restored and they were healed. But did they thank God for intervening? Or was it just that they were happy, their prayer was answered, so they moved on without giving God a second thought? Well, that's what we're talking about today. God is near everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. So if we're only desperate, like dealing with depression or financial troubles or in relationship dilemmas, or maybe even having work problems, we can't get jobs or we can't keep jobs or we're not entrusted with a job. We find ourselves calling out to God for help. But when that prayer is answered, do we return back to God and say, thank you? That is what starts a conversation with God. Yes, we might not hear God whisper in our ear, I've healed you, because his spirit might move in our lives in such a way that healing did happen but it seemed so natural that we don't actually remember that we got the supernatural involved 
that started that healing process. So once we're well, we could call it a coincidence or a happenstance that we just move on with our day. Well, that is not what God wants for us. God wants to be in a relationship with us. And every relationship has a two-way conversation or two-way communication. When my son was in college as a freshman, and this was back in 2011, he said, you know what, mom, we're put in these dorm rooms with strangers and we don't really know this person that we're suddenly living with. So we go from an environment that we called home, whether that was good or bad, to a completely new environment in college with a roommate that comes from a completely different place with a different set of upbringings and backgrounds. And we don't know how to communicate because we're so used to communicating through text messages or social media where it's only sometimes one-way conversation. He said there were two girls that were roommates and he said the one girl was even a communications major. But she could not talk to her roommate at all that even though they were in the same room, they texted each other because they didn't know how to use their words to communicate. That's how far we have come. If we send God an email or send God a text message, is he going to answer back? I doubt it. So how do we have a conversation or begin a relationship with God. Things like having prayers like, God, I would love to talk to you, but I'm really not sure how. I don't know how to invest my time with you. I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know how to listen for you to talk back. What do I do? That is a sincere prayer. And I hate to say it, but sometimes it is those desperate moments. It is those times of depression and dilemmas and difficult circumstances that we call out to God. And all of us deal with life at a level of pain and distress. I mean, Jesus said in this life, you will have many troubles, but take heed because I have overcome this world. And what he says overcoming is in first John is that we maintain faith. And what is faith? The basis of faith is believing God exists. That's it. So if we can believe God exists, that is the start to a conversation with God saying to God, I believe that when I'm talking to you right now, God, that your spirit is present and listening to me. But let's take it the next step and say, God, can I know that you're listening to me? I mean, God, can you heal me of this problem? Or God, can you give me wisdom to get out of this problem? In James chapter one, the writer James says, and if you need wisdom, ask God who gives to all liberally without finding fault. So in other words, James is saying, if you're in a dilemma or trouble or in a really difficult circumstance, you can call out to God and ask him for wisdom to get you through this difficult circumstance. God will not refuse to give you wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 8, that's another book of the Bible, there is an entire chapter that talks about wisdom and how we cry out for wisdom and wisdom cries back out to us. Now, what does that wisdom look like? Well, it's calming our heart and stilling our mind to listen to what's inside. Now, for me, I open the Bible and I just keep 
turning pages until something gets my attention. So in this case, Psalm 145 verse 18 got my attention. The Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. So I would say to God, I am coming to you with faith, believing that you are hearing me because I am calling out to you sincerely in a place of desperation. And God, I'm asking you to give me wisdom of how to deal with this situation. Now, wisdom can come in many ways. Wisdom can come through a friend talking to you. It can come through someone that you picked up the phone and called because that person's name came to mind. It could come to you through reading the Bible or turning on the television. There are different ways in different uh, materials in the earth that help us. God speaks even through nature. You might hear that right now I'm in my back porch doing this podcast and I have crows talking to me. I have little birds eating from the bird feeder. I've had a squirrel and a chipmunk come up and run over my feet to go grab the sunflower seeds that are out on my porch. So just in taking a deep breath, and looking at nature and creation, my heart calms down enough to hear God. And what does God sound like? Well, sometimes God sounds like a still small voice that whispers in my ear, it's going to be okay. Sometimes God sounds like the voice of a friend who really cares about me and just wants to listen as I process out loud how I'm feeling. And sometimes God literally speaks and he speaks through his word. So his word says he will help me if I sincerely ask for it. And it also takes faith to not only ask God, but also to believe that he'll help me. So I want to share a story of what really did happen to me um, just recently. I moved from California, San Diego, actually, to Alabama. And I know that Alabama gets a bad rap, but I can tell you that the area that I live in Alabama is absolutely beautiful as I no longer have concrete landscaping or the flowers that I purposely put in pots in my house in California. But now I have huge, beautiful trees that, gosh, I know that people over years and years and years have seen these same trees that I'm looking at today. And their roots must go down deeply because their leaves and limbs go up greatly into the sky. And it is amazing to watch the sun peer through the sky onto the leaves and light up different leaves at different times of the day. And in these trees, there are amazing birds from cardinals to little finches. I've had blue jays, six of them at one time on my porch. I've had little birds to big birds. And I even have now crows that come in my backyard and squawk at me, telling me that they want me to go outside and feed them some bread, which I do. They have me trained now. And I can tell you that the way God speaks to me in Alabama is very different than the way God spoke to me in San Diego. I came to know Jesus personally in San Diego. Well, no, really in Southern California. It was actually in Fullerton, California. I was raised in a very strong Italian Catholic family in New Jersey. And uh, there were conflicts, obviously, with the extended family, just because my mom got young. My mom got married right out of high school and then did attend college for a couple of years. And she married my dad, who was 
a West Point cadet who then went into the Air Force and he uh, flew B-52 planes. So he was like a top gun pilot, which is pretty impressive. And I'm very proud of both my parents for staying together for so long through very many years. And they are still married to this day. Well, we lived in New Jersey and we went to Catholic church every week, sometimes a couple times a week. My mom uh, taught CCD and my dad was an altar boy. So they were raised in the church. My mom would pray to St. Anthony and his day that you would pray to him is on Thursdays. So she would go to the Catholic church and pray to St. Anthony. Well, in time, we moved from New Jersey to Southern California. And let me tell you, it has been such a change for me to move from San Diego, California to Alabama that I'm sure that it was just a traumatic endeavor to move from New Jersey to California when my mom was very dependent on her family and very close to her family. Well, through those times of depression, she found herself in the Catholic Church in Fullerton, California now, turning her eyes from praying to St. Anthony to looking at Jesus, who is still hanging on the cross in the Catholic Church. And she said, Jesus, how do I get to know you better? So she took her eyes off of St. Anthony and onto Jesus. And it was through that prayer of faith that people in Southern California started inviting my mom to attend Bible studies. One was, uh, it was called, um, you know what? It just, oh, it was like conversations over coffee. It was, it was something like that. I can't remember it right now, but my mom attended for a full year. And these women would talk about having a relationship with God through communication with God using the Bible as a platform. And my mom would talk about her relationship with God through the church, through the Catholic church. Well, after a year of my mother arguing, oh, at this thing called Friendship Bible Coffee, she got on her knees at home and said, God, I want to know you better. And I'm asking you to come into my heart that I can have a relationship with you like these women at the Friendship Bible Coffee. And I can tell you that my mom literally changed within two weeks because that was January 31st. And by February 18th, she was telling me I needed to do the same thing. She was telling me that I needed to also ask Jesus to come into my heart. Now, that wasn't a typical message we heard in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has the right Jesus, has the right holidays, has very many of the same traditions as the Bible. It's just that as a, an attendee to the Catholic Church, we didn't always learn how to have a relationship or conversations with God. We had conversations to God. We had prayers at God or at the saints, but we didn't have a walking, talking relationship with God because we weren't really taught how to read the Bible. Our relationship came to God through the Catholic Church. And I am thankful to the Catholic Church for the foundation of my faith. Well, it was on February 18th that I got on my knees before we were leaving for Mass. And I said to God, my mother says, I need to ask you into my heart. But I am very apprehensive to do this. So I am asking you to show me if you want me. And that was a one-sided conversation with God that I threw out there like the 10 leopards. Heal us, Jesus, heal us. So we left at that time and went to mass right after I prayed that prayer. 
While mass was being opened, the Catholic priest took two steps forward and with a big round circle in his arms, he said, why are you afraid to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? This mass is dedicated to all who are afraid. Well, at that point, I would say my conversation with God began because it started with a prayer of faith. God, if you want me, you're going to need to tell me or to show me. And then God spoke when I showed up at the Catholic Church and that priest took two steps forward and God showed me with his big arms, making a big circle, almost like in the whole world, God is. And God was saying to not be afraid using this Catholic priest as an instrument of God speaking to me. And it was right there in the Catholic church that I got on my knees and asked Jesus to come into my heart. Well, I had an unbelievable desire for the Bible at this point. All I wanted to do was read the Bible. And my mom gave me a easy reader Bible. It was the New International Version Bible. And it was just a basic hardcover Bible. And I started in the New Testament reading things about Jesus. But I also went to the Old Testament often, like in the book of Isaiah or the book of Jeremiah, just to learn about different people who had different relationships with God. I learned about Habakkuk and how he said, God, I'm going to sit here and wait until you answer me. So my desire really was to have a relationship with God. And I was asking God to help me. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. And I was calling to God for help because I wanted a relationship with God. I got on my knees and asked him to tell me. I went to church and God told me he wanted a relationship with me. So what is my responsibility now to have a relationship instead of just calling out those 911 prayers of desperation, of help, of being rescued, of being healed? So it started with the Bible. Well, it took me probably, well, I know it took me some time. And my friend, uh, around five months later, she was in gymnastics with me. Her name was Mary Kay. And she said to me, and I was a freshman in high school at the time, she said, you know, you talk about God a lot. Would you like to go to my church, we have a youth group. I didn't really know what a youth group was, but I said yes. And my mother actually gave me permission to go to this Presbyterian youth group. Now the church, that Presbyterian church was run much differently than the youth group was run. And the youth group had, I would say a hundred kids attending. And it was just it was four hours long. We went at 4 p.m. on Sunday and left at 8 p.m. And we had dinner. We had Bible study. We had games. We had like interaction. We got to know these kids. When you're spending four hours a week with them, you get to know other kids who are high schoolers. And through this, this group, they went on a mission trip to Yosemite in April. And I asked my mom, so February, I asked Jesus into my heart personally, but by April, I then uh, came to my mom and I asked her if I could attend this mission trip in Yosemite. My mom was not comfortable with me going to another church, but she knew that it would be okay. She saw what this church was doing for me and realized, yeah, this would be a good thing. So I got on the bus and I left for Yosemite and it was over like spring break. And what we did was we were digging trenches, probably for some sort of water main or, you know, who knows, maybe even sprinklers. I really don't remember. I was a freshman at the time. But I remember being in Yosemite and the glory of God seemed tangible there. I mean, the waterfalls, the trees, the rock formation, 
the the hills and the mountains, the animals, the noises were so different than you know Southern California, which is an absolutely beautiful place to live. And we lived pretty closely to the ocean. I think we were around 12, 12 to 18 miles away. Uh, and the ocean, of course, is just majestic in itself, but Yosemite was different. And it was the first time I had ever been up to Yosemite. And I was helping dig these trenches in Yosemite with my friend, Mary Kay. And, and people were talking and I kept saying things like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. In my freshman high school, freshman voice attitude. And I saw the youth minister make a very obvious negative face at me rolling his eyes. I really didn't know what I was doing wrong, but it was obvious that he thought I was. So I said to him, am I doing something wrong? that you made that face at me? And he looked at me and he said, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Now, being raised a good Catholic girl who did get confirmed in the Catholic church and went to CCD faithfully, I knew that was one of the Ten Commandments, but I really didn't know how that applied to this situation. And I said, what do you mean? take the Lord's name in vain. And he said, saying, oh my God, in like common average conversation, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. You don't say, oh my God. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I never would have put those two things together. So that night, I was one of the first ones into the assembly room where we were all going to gather and they would start with someone playing the guitar and then they would have some sort of Bible study that I could tell you clearly went over my head. But it was really the beauty of Yosemite, the love that was shared with all these kids and youth group, the, the uh, instructors that were there to help us learn about God better, that I found myself in a place of complete peace as a 14 year old about to turn 15 but a 14 year old and i sat there and i said a real little prayer and i said god i love you and i want to give my life to you and i will go where you want me to go and i will do what you want me to do so God, I ask you to not only come into my heart like I did on February 18th, but to take over my entire life. And I could tell you that I had this tremendous sense of overwhelming peace and sense the presence of an intimate love as like, waves of joy and peace came over me. Now, I didn't know if that was because I was in Yosemite, if I was at this retreat, or if it was just from that prayer. But I knew that my prayer was sincere, and I was sincerely calling out to God to help me live for Him the rest of my life. It took probably six months of consistently then reading the Bible, that one day I said to my mom, as now a sophomore in high school, and our high school was big, I think there were 500 in our graduating class, and I said to my mom, you know what, mom, I've been reading the Bible a lot, and God says that we're supposed to tell other people about him, and I really feel like there needs to be a Bible study where we can tell these other students in high school about God. So do you mind that if, if I ask people to come here to the house, that you can talk to them about God? Because you have to remember, my mom talked to me about God, and now I want to talk to other people about God and bring them back to my mom. And she said, sure, that's fine. When do you want to start? And I said, I don't know. I, I think God will tell me. Now, did God tell me? No. He didn't like tell me, but I had this impression on my heart. I had this sense of my heart that it was going to be on 
this particular Thursday. So I got up that day and before I left for school, I said to my mom, I want to start the Bible study tonight. And I haven't asked anybody to come. And, and to tell you the truth, people who are listening right now, what was I like as a high schooler? I was shy. I had really wavy, curly, you know, kinky hair that came to my shoulders. If anything, it pointed out like the shape of a Christmas tree. Um, I didn't wear makeup. I wore, I did not wear stylish clothes. I was not outgoing. I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, that's who I was. And I, I was in my second year of high school, but I did have a strong impression on my heart that I wanted to talk to the other students about God. So that Thursday morning, I said to my mom, I think the Bible study is going to start tonight. So I'll see who God puts on my heart to ask to come. Well, I had eight different classes and you would rotate classes. So you'd have six classes a day. And um, in my Spanish class, there was a girl I didn't know who sat behind me. And I heard her talking to the student across the row from us. And she said, her name was Nina. And she said, yeah, two people came to my house uh, this weekend to talk about God. And I asked them to come back. And I heard the word God, and I turned behind me and I said, God, do you want to talk about God? And she nodded. And I said, well, I'm going to have a Bible study tonight at my house. Do you want to come? And she nodded. And I said, great, give me your address. My mom and I'll pick you up. I was 15. So we went to Nina's house and picked her up and brought her back to my house. And my mom probably did something in the Bible. I don't remember. It wasn't remarkable. And then we drove Nina back home to her house. And I said to her, God wants you to ask him into your heart. Jesus died for your sins and he wants to forgive you of everything you've done. And he wants to have a relationship with you. Will you ask him into your heart? And she nodded again. And so my mom and myself and Nina prayed and Nina asked Jesus to come into her heart. Well, the next day at school, I said to Nina, now there's two of us. So now we need to go talk to other people about God. And she nodded again. <laughs> she said, okay. So out of the eight classes I was in or taking sophomore year, Nina was in six of those eight classes. One was gymnastics. So we started talking to people about God together. Now you could tell that this was a miracle in itself, that the coincidence that, that we would be in six out of our eight classes together. And uh, we started talking about God. And I can tell you that a revival broke out in that very secular high school that became very Christian. And I can tell you that it wasn't the good kids who were going to church that actually uh, came to know Jesus in such an outspoken, loud way. But it were it was the kids in the parking lot, the kids who were doing drugs, the kids that felt lost, the kids who were looking for something that came to know Jesus. And um, I, we just had our reunion uh, last month and four of us from the quote, God squad were met together at my brother's house. And we were talking about like the revival that happened and and we could name at least 150 kids that came to know Jesus during those years of our high school. And, you know, it made the newspapers. They started calling it St. Sunny Hills. I mean, it was an amazing outreach. But at the same time, there was huge persecution. You know, our cars got keyed. We had milk cartons thrown at our head. But it was amazing that as, as time went on through all these reunions also, that many, many people came to know Jesus as a result of that outpouring. So, and that was just our class. I mean, we had, you know, freshmen through seniors that were hearing about the gospel. And that just started with a step of faith. It just started with a prayer. Did I hear God talk back to me? 
Well, now after walking with him for so many years, I would say, yes, that was God because I could see it in my life. But at the time, I didn't know that was God. I would read the Bible and it said to tell other people. And I didn't realize that was God telling me to tell other people. I just knew that was instructed in the Bible and that was a good thing to do. And that made God happy. So I wanted to do things that made God happy. So when we see this Psalm 145.18, the Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. It's not only calling to him for help to walk with him, help that he forgives you, help that he gets us out of these very difficult, sometimes traumatic situations, but it's also wanting to listen to him talk to us. And God uses all things. For me, he used my mother. He used the beauty of Yosemite National Park. He used the youth ministers that I attended on Sundays. He used the Bible. He used me talking to Nina. He, he uses all things that he created. That includes the birds, the squirrels, the trees. That includes the people that are in our lives. He uses everything and God goes with us everywhere. So to have a relationship with God starts with a simple prayer of asking Jesus into our hearts. We say, Jesus, I know you died on the cross for my sins. I know I have sinned and I need a savior. So I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, that you will forgive me and that you will fill me with your spirit. And it is through the spirit of God that we have a relationship with God. So God is spirit, but he talks to us not only in spirit, but also in truth. And Jesus tells us that the Bible is truth. So God does talk to us concisely and clearly, but it is a process like every relationship. It is a process to learn how to talk to God. And we are going to continue discussing having conversations with God as we continue this podcast. So not only did we talk about Psalm 145 verse 18, the Lord is near to everyone who sincerely calls to him for help. But I also want to leave you with this next Bible verse that we will talk about the next podcast, and that's Job 12.10. And that I'm going to open up to Job 12.10 right now and read that to you because that's another one that talks about creation and how God talks to us through creation. There's many, many things that God uses to get our attention. And I am thankful that God is not limited to just one thing. God is far greater than the things that we have in this world. There's, he created the universe. He created all heaven and earth. And we are thankful to him for doing those things. So Job 12.10 is in almost the middle of the Bible. It's right before Psalms. And Job 12.10 says, In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Does not the ear test words as the mouth tastes food? So he's, Job is saying everything. Everything that has breath is from the hand of the Lord. And every living thing that has breath can have a relationship with their creator. We know that the trees lift up their limbs in praise to God. We know that the birds sing praises to God. We know that everything that has breath can praise God. So 
our intent in having a conversation with God is also to hear God speak to us. So as we continue, we're going to talk about how God talks to us, moves through us, opens our ears and our eyes to see him, that we not only live in this dimension on earth, but we also live in a dimension of understanding heaven on earth. Because it's heaven on earth that we see God move and act and have his way in our lives. I just want to thank you today for listening to the Daily Disciples podcast. My name is Tony Lee Adamson. Please know that you can reach me through all the social media sites that there that there are. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and and uh, we also have Bobby Brooks and I, we are co-founders of Daily Disciples Ministries. And we also have Facebook pages and Twitter feeds and Instagram on Daily Disciples. Disciples is spelled D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-S. We've also written many Bible studies that are available through uh, crosswalk.com. It's also, well, it was through Lifeway bookstore now it's through uh oh there's so many bookstores that christian bookstores that carry our bible studies one of our most popular bible studies is spiritual warfare it's just a four-week lesson but it does teach you about the angelic realm and the warfare that we fight uh, it's through learning about warfare that we will also have a better relationship in conversation with God. We will continue this conversation, but I would love to hear from you because just like our relationship with God can't just be those 911 prayers, but it's in conversation of us talking to God and God talking back that leads us in his spirit and truth. So please feel free to answer back to me or ask questions that we may be in relationship also as we go down this journey of having a conversation with God and actually having conversations about talking with God. Thank you very much again for joining me. This is the Daily Disciples podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. God bless your day and may the Lord keep you and bless you and make his face shine upon you as he gives you peace and hope as you sincerely call out to him. And in God's precious love, we pray and we are united for that common purpose. Thank you again for joining me.